There's three sides to every story. There's my side, your side, and the truth. Come on, girls. Let's go shopping. That's not a knife. <laughs> this is a knife. What are you looking at? Rolling in a boy, jumping rare. You're mad, you bastard. Far am you. Far am you. There's no cash here. Here, there's no cash, right? Cash, no. Robbo? No cash. Where to Christ, Liz, you get a bag of all sorts in here, mate. Welcome to Walk Walk. Hello and welcome to The Last Year Wave, the podcast that looks at the wide and varied landscape that is Australian cinema. We wish to acknowledge traditional custodians of the land that this podcast is being recorded on, the Wajak people of Perth region. We recognise their continuing connection to land, waters and community and pay our respects to them and their cultures and to their elders both past and present. On this episode, I am joined by the co-director of a new genre film called Project Eden Volume 1, which recently got a release on uh, streaming as well as DVD and Blu-ray through Umbrella Entertainment. And the co-director is Terence Young. Uh, He also co-wrote the film uh, alongside Ashley Jensen, uh, who also co-directed it too. Um, it's a pretty fascinating little sci-fi film that, that has got a lot of promise and a lot of uh, energy and excitement behind it. Uh, one that I really hope that, you know, you seek out and, and give a watch and, you know, certainly get on board in preparation for when Volume 2 comes out, uh, which you'll hear a bit more about when we uh, leap into the interview in just a moment. Let's have a listen to the trailer and we'll be back with that interview. Still not sleeping? No. Are you still visiting him? You know I am. Thomas's condition hasn't changed in quite some time. We've run hundreds of tests, consulted some of the best doctors and scientists in the world regarding motor neuron study. Have you considered euthanasia? Evelyn, my name is Ethan Barrick. I have something very important to talk to you about. It's about your son. Tomorrow, he'll be visited by the FBI. Don't tell them anything. You never saw me. Miss Green, he's a very dangerous man. I have a warrant for his immediate arrest. What will little Thomas do if he doesn't have you, Mrs. Green? There are more cases like this around the world than you think. Hundreds, possibly thousands by now. The men that are after you, they aren't who they say they are. It's much bigger than you think. I've been waiting an eternity for this moment. I can't finish it. It can only be you. Okay. And, yeah, essentially, I'm joined by the co-writer and co-director... Uh, of Project Eden Volume 1, which is, uh, you know, I'll, I'll get him to explain what this is in a, in a moment. Um, and that's Terence. Uh, so thank you very much for joining me here. That's cool. No worries. Thanks, Andrew. Appreciate it. So your film just literally launched uh, on DVD through Umbrella Entertainment, which is a great uh, local distributor for great Australian films and international films in Australia, literally yesterday. Um, It's had a few screenings around the world uh, throughout the year as well. Can you tell us a little bit about what Project Eden Volume 1 is? Yeah, well, as it sounds, it's Volume 1. 
one. It's a planned two-part uh, film, and Ashley and I, Ashley Denton and I, decided to do it in two parts because we knew if we were going to do the story justice, we couldn't do it in one piece because, you know, it deserved a bigger budget and that sort of thing. So we thought we'd be smart and maybe a bit presumptuous and uh, do volume one first. And uh, it's, look, it's a, it's a thriller, cons- it's a conspiracy thriller come science fiction uh, about a woman whose son's stuck in a catatonic state and the world's sort of falling apart around her and, and uh, you know, she's on the run now with this other guy who said his daughter was born the same way and there's thousands of children being born like this now and uh, he sort of convinces her it's a cover-up and then the FBI are on their tail and it's not really the FBI and, yeah, it grows into quite a quite a cool, big sort of cliffhanger leading up to the second part. So can you tell us a little bit about how you came up with the idea and also how you went around sort of making it because you not only film in Australia but you film internationally too which is a bit of a, a rarity for, for genre films in Australia in some regard um, so how did you manage that? Yeah look it, it was actually planned see we we always thought we came out, of our, came out of our first feature film 500 Miles a few years ago and it was just a very low budget $50,000 indie film uh, that did quite well but it's uh, we sort of thought oh we'll, we'll make this for a couple hundred thousand dollars and we'll you know, we'll get it done, and, and it really didn't sort of turn out that way. We we um, we spent quite a bit of time. We shot the first 20 minutes in the U.S. in an attempt to, you know, get more investors on board and show our current investors, and then we thought we'd bring it back closer to home to save money, but in New Zealand it ended up costing a bit more money, But and then we went back to the U.S. So, again, it just actually it sort of just worked out that way. Um, we didn't plan on sort of, again, make shooting in three countries, but I tell you, it was, it was, it was a really great experience, and, um, you know, it, it's, the idea was conceived many years ago, where I had the beginning and ending of this story, and then I started working with Ashley, my co-director and co-writer, and we just basically took the end of the beginning and sewed this story together in between, and it became this just, every time we told somebody about it, they said, that is so great, you have to make it, so we just, we just did, we just went and went out and did it. Well, that's that's the thing is that it's a really ambitious project. Like, you know, as you're saying, it's it's volume one, it's volume two coming along, you know, and it's a it's a genre picture too, made in Australia, which is really fantastic. It's great to see, and you know, the the ambition is is you know fantastic. I love that kind of thing. What what was the desire to kind of tell a genre film in the Australian uh, sort of cinema landscape? How did that kind of was it always the plan to be like, I'm going to do a genre picture and this is this is what I'm sticking to? Or was it kind of like, I want to do something that just we don't see in Australia very often? Well, I mean, I grew up in, and Ashley did too, we grew up in movies of the 80s. You know, we loved Indiana Jones and Star Wars and, you know, all those genre-based films. And it was just, you know, as much as we, we love being Australian and we love doing, you know, Australian content. Again, our last film, 500 Miles, was a very Australian drama. Um, it was just one of those things where we didn't sort of set out to make a science fiction. I think we've always loved that genre, but it was just the fact that, you know, this story was something that built up over a period of time, and we realised that the story was more a US-based story, um, and then obviously, you know, we wanted to include Aussie actors playing American characters and things like that. But yeah, look, it was ambitious, and we uh, were very lucky to get actors of Eric Avari and a lot of the actors from the show Stargate SG-1 and stuff like that. So it's, um, yeah, I guess the answer to the question is we didn't set out to make a science fiction film. We just set out to make this really incredible story because where it's going is, is quite incredible. 
Yeah, so uh, touching on that cast for a second, because you did a few uh, kind of uh, Australian um, expo appearances at like Supernova and stuff like that. Was it a big yep. sort of get to, to get these people who have done genre stuff before to kind of hook in that audience as well? And also, how did you go about casting them? Yeah, look, we uh, it wasn't as hard as you sort of that way. It's not as hard as I imagined. I mean, we've always done indie films over the years with unknown actors, and you know, and there's nothing wrong with unknown actors because that's how they become known, is you know, through starting off. And we've got a lot of people we still work with who are becoming quite well known. But um, one of our producers, um, Sally Ann Ryan, she was friends with a, a photographer who did a lot of Dennis Illick, who did a lot of. Um, the Sci-Fi Channel sort of actors and his business partner actually has directed a lot of the episodes, of, um, some episodes of Gotham, and uh, it, they were sort of in that world. And he was quite good friends with Mike Toput, and I knew Mike from he, Mike Toput's done Stargate Universe, he's done Battlestar Galactica, he's done you know X-Men, Superman, a whole range of uh, movies, and um, it, it just started with him. And she sort of you know reached out to him, and then when he read the script and he loved the script, he said he really the story really appealed to him. So I talked to his agent we did the deal and um you know they understood it was a low budget film but he wanted to do it and then from there we went to other stargate actors we got cliff simon who was quite no well known for stargate sg1 and he we had a we didn't just go to those actors because they were from stargate or from that sci-fi genre i mean that was a small part of it we went to them because they suited the roles uh, cliff played plays this great russian character the human trafficker in the film and then you know i just Silly enough, I messaged Eric Abari, who we all know from The Mummy, Independence Day, uh, Stargate, the original movie. Like, he's been Mr. Deeds, he's been in everything. And we needed this old older man who plays the Shepherd character. And I messaged him on Facebook and he said, look, I don't have an agent. I'm kind of retiring from Hollywood, but let me just have a look. And he read the script and he said that he absolutely loved it. He was sick of doing the mediocre big blockbuster movies that just didn't appeal to people. He wanted to tell a good story and he wanted to do it and therefore he jumped on board too. So it's sort of just rolled on from there and we and obviously we got some great Aussie cast Paul O'Brien from Home and Away who won a Logie then we got Adam McGann who's quite a well-known Aussie actress too and yeah it sort of just all came together by sort of a bit of coincidence really that's great to hear so it's nice when it, it, it falls together that way and, and it's also nice hearing that you know the actors are passionate about doing something like this a you know low budget film and, and that kind of stuff how has the response yep. been um, with the screenings that you've already had and, and specifically like with the you know, supernova events and things like that. How, how has it been for, for fans of the, the film? Well, it's been good because we love taking it to supernova because, you know, they love, you know, people, they have like 45,000 people up to who go through each of the um, locations and they all love this sort of stuff. They love the actors from Stargate. They love this, they love the sci-fi genre. And I think the idea of the Australian filmmakers made a genre film is even more exciting for them. So um, we've built a lot of our audience through those events. Um, but it's, it's honestly been, um, yeah, it's been quite quite an incredible thing to sort of see so much love for a genre that we love as well and to be able to make a film that, you know, people will get to watch. And the response has been really good. They, I mean, we've had a U.S., uh, our first screening, the U.S. premiere was at the Boston Sci-Fi Film Festival, in which the film won uh, Best Sci-Fi Vision Award. And then we took it to Minneapolis where we shot some of the film. We had a big showing there and then... Uh, we've actually just been selected for the Sci-Fi Film Festival in Sydney at Event Cinema's George Street. It's the uh, sort of the cousin festival to the Travelling Monster Film Festival. So we're, um, we're up with quite a few other sci-fi films from around the world, which is quite cool, and that's in September. Um, and then obviously we had 
the Brisbane premiere and the Sydney premiere, and the response has been good. Everybody's really said they've really loved it. What they've loved is they don't see the twists and turns that happen in it. They didn't see it coming. Um, I mean, I think the biggest thing against us is being this is part one, so people get to the end and they're like, they're frustrated, but they're also <laughs> excited because they yeah, it's been, it builds up to something where the story takes a little bit to kick off, and then once you get to that end, you're sort of like, I want more, which is sort of been the feedback we've been getting. That's good. And, you know, the Sci-Fi Film Festival ran last year and it was, was really good and they showed some really fantastic films. So, you know, it's a, it is quite a great uh, film festival, which I'm hoping eventually uh, if people continue going to it, it, it spreads out around Australia a bit more because I'm based in Perth and you're based in Queensland. Is that right? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you know, uh, people from uh, Queensland, Melbourne, Adelaide, and Perth uh, really should get the chance to be able to see these films on a bigger screen. Um, which leads me to my uh, next question, in a way. It's like, so as you're saying, you build up an audience through events like Supernova and through um, you know screenings internationally and things like that. For Australian genre films, it can be a little bit difficult to get that that wider audience. Uh, do you see through events like Supernova that, that it's changing and helping build up audiences for science fiction and horror films and things like that? Yeah, definitely. Look, and the, and the guy who runs Supernova, Daniel, is so cool because he he really kick-started this off. And what, it, what it's allowed us is to do is, yeah, I mean, we could have gone and made this film in Australia and, you know, not had, you know, a U.S characters or anything like that and maybe it would have sat on the shelf and barely anybody would have seen it and that's the unfortunate situation that it would have been in but what what's allowed us to do a by shooting in the in the u.s as well and create a u.s story it's appealing to that international audience which is great but here in australia taking it to supernova it's allowed us to take our product or our film to the audience rather than trying to hope that they come to us we're allowed it we it's allowed us to take it to them you know we set up a big booth and we had our posters the posters incredible by the way and we, we basically just have got so much interest, you know, from, from there. So it's it's thanks to some things like Supernova and things like that that we've been able to sort of reach out because there is so many lovers of science fiction and fantasy and that sort of thing out there. They just, you know, to get them all in one place is just an incredible opportunity and I think we've been very lucky to do that. So through that, before the release, we've spent a lot of time travelling to Supernova and, you know, getting people to add their email to our database so we can send that information and obviously social media has been a big part of it too. So... Um, yeah, I think it's, there's a lot of sci-fi lovers here in Australia, and I think it's the, the, the sort of the landscape is changing with things like Supernova and social media because you know there's, it's become apparent that there's a huge audience for it out there, and it'll allow us to keep making these kind of films. Well, definitely, that's the thing, and you know, certainly um, there is an appetite for these films, and even if people aren't able to go to a cinema to see them. Uh, you know, by having releases through Umbrella, which is a fantastic... You know, I'm a huge fan of Umbrella, and they release a lot of great uh, genre films, and, and not only just genre films, but documentaries and, you know, dramas and stuff like that. And, you know, they are a huge supporter of these kinds of things. So it's great to see that, you know, through a trusted label like Umbrella, they're able to push out, you know, great entertainment like your own uh, film, which is great to see. Um, so yeah. you co-wrote and directed this with Ashley Jensen. How was the process of that? How did you guys communicate with each other and say, you know, I'm going to do this scene or I'm going to write this scene or this is how I see things going? What's that partnership like? Well, the thing is, we obviously, even though it was sort of my idea, we wrote the film together. So, I mean, we've always known that story back to front together. I mean, Ashley's a 
director or she's always directed my films that I've, I've produced. So I'm mainly a producer and she's always the director because she's an actress herself. She's gone through years of study. Um, she knows how to communicate with actors. She knows how to pull a performance out of people where I'm very much, you know, production, post-production background. So I'm very technical. And so I think it's a really unique relationship because we've known each other 10 years. We've already made another feature film together. We're about to make another feature film together, which is really exciting. But it's, it was very easy, funny enough. A lot of people were very shocked. They said, you know, how do you guys do it so well? Because a lot of people, you know, can't co-direct together. You know, there's so many different ideas. I think we've just had a very unique relationship that our ideas have been the same. Um, and again, I've supported her on the technical side where I sort of oversee, you know, the vision of the picture and making sure everything's translated to, you know, the editing room correctly. Um, and she's been able to sort of spend time with the actors and pull the performance out. And there's been a bit of crossover. We've both learned a lot of each out of, like, from each other. So it's just worked very strangely, but in very, you know, gr- you know it's been quite, quite a great experience in, in doing it as well. Well, that's good. It's it's nice to see a, a nice symbiotic relationship, and in, in the sense that you know, as you're saying, you you both have bring something unique to the role of being able to write and direct the film, which is is great to see. Uh, now, there's a lot of uh, special effects and stuff like that. How did you go about that kind of um, you know on a, on a small budget? How did you go about making such impressive effects? Well, look, we we knew that volume one wasn't going to be that visual effects heavy. Um, but we're again both growing up in the 80s we're both actually not massive fans of CGI so we kind of tried to do a lot of practical stuff where we could like so we there was a lot of practical things but we did use visual effects as a tool so there was things where we had one shot was cloudy and the next minute wasn't so we had sky replacements and then we had um, you know a little bit of a bullet coming up a tree or um, you know and then just things to enhance things rather than actually trying to build these sort of things that sort of didn't exist as per se. Now, getting into the second one, that may change a little bit, but we're trying to really keep it more practical as we can. But yeah, we did use some great um, some great visual effects. Um, the guys at Light Ray, and they uh, they did a fantastic job. But again, I think we were quite lucky with this film, which is why we made part volume one first, because we knew that we could spend money and, and do it the right way without it, you know, compromising and looking fake or anything like that. Of course, yeah. So what's the plans with Volume 2? Have you already started filming it or or is that kind of uh, next year's project that you're going to be leaping into then? Or Yeah, well, it's we've, uh, we're actually in development on it right now. So we're working on the script. We're talking to the actors who have already signed on. Um, we plan to shoot in May. That's sort of the goal at the moment. We're sort of just going to obviously see how things go. But obviously our plans are absolutely to finish it. Um, uh, we've sort of got another project that's happening at the moment, uh, which is really exciting here in Australia. It's a, it's a comedy with some amazing actors, which we unfortunately sort of don't want to sort of taint at the moment and talk about too much, but it's, um, it's, it's very, very exciting. Well, that's good. <laughs> and it's, it's great to see, you know, uh, sort of dabbling in, in various different things. Um, so you've got the appetite essentially now to, to direct, I guess, and, and, and stretch your, your wings a little bit more um, outside of just being a, you know, producer and, 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 in that regard, uh, which is fantastic to see. It's always nice to see new voices in Australian cinema. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Um, so before I, I, I land on the last question, which I ask everybody, is there anything about Project Eden that uh, you want to you want people to know or, or, you know, that you wish would be asked about the film that I haven't asked or, or anybody else hasn't asked as well? Um, feel free to say whatever you want. 
I think the most important thing with Project Eden is that, I mean, everybody looks at it and they say, wow, it doesn't look like it was done on the budget it was done. It looks very much more expensive. But I just have to say that Project Eden, especially Volume 1, is one of those movies where you really need to pay attention because if you pay attention to the movie you're watching to the story, you'll get that there'll be some great payoffs and it'll get you very excited. It's not a movie you can sort of just sort of chuck on and sort of watch, you know, do something else while you're watching it. It's a great story and we've spent, uh, you know, two years from sort of writing the script to finishing it and then obviously the idea came many years before that. So I don't think a lot of people realise how much work goes into these things. So I, I would just say... Um, you know, we, we'd love people to watch in Australia because obviously we've got a cinema release in the US, but we want people to sort of go and watch it on video on demand because that's where you'll get it in high definition and it looks great and it sounds great and um, really just sort of support indie films because, you know, we really can do bigger and better things here in Australia. We can make more genre films and I think this film could be the catalyst for that. Definitely, and, and I'm going to stick all the links as to where people can find it in the show notes as well um, because, you know, certainly... As I was mentioning, Umbrella's uh, releasing in Australia and they do a fantastic job and they've got a great streaming service as well, which which works wonderfully. Um, but yeah, you know, do a double whammy, people. Go and pick up the DVD and watch it on demand. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely. Good idea. Good idea. That's it. Uh, so the last question, which is one which I ask everybody, and that is, is there an Australian film that you recommend people seek out or that you particularly appreciate and, and enjoy? You know, it's a bit of an offbeat one because, you know, naturally I was trying to think of something along the lines of sci-fi or something in the realm of what we're talking about. But in actual fact, there's a it's a bit, a bit random, but there's a movie that came out a few years ago, a few years ago called Oddball. Oh, and yeah. the reason I mentioned that one is, yeah, it was, it was written by a guy named Peter Ivan and he is a great screenwriter. And in actual fact, he is now writing um, this comedy that we're doing together with it though our next film is sort of going to be here in australia so we're very excited about that but also the fact yeah it's a it's just a great family movie and it's um you know and working with animals and things like that's actually you know not as easy as it sort of seems and yeah it's just there's always a lot of great australian films that everybody you know crocodile dundee and all those but i i don't know i kind of having kids of my own there's something really special about that movie and maybe i'm connected to it more because peter ivan's our screenwriter too now but it's definitely worth checking out i say yeah, I, I definitely agree. It's got some really great performances and uh, it's got a performance from one of my favourite Australian actresses, which is Sarah Snook in it. And I think that she's great in that film and she's great in anything that she does, but I, I found it a lot of fun. And as you said, it's a great, great family film as well. So uh, definitely um, people should really se- check, check that out. I think it's uh, certainly available um, for the US listeners, uh, certainly available on streaming services over there and it's available in DVD and I think it's on Stan here in Australia. So you know, do check it out. Um, look, I really appreciate uh, taking time to, to talk about your film. And as I mentioned, check everything out in the show notes, people, um, because this is a film that really you should check out and support independent genre films in Australia. And if you're international, um, keep your eyes open on the uh, Facebook page for more information um, because, you know, head along, go and see it, support these films. <laughs> so thanks, Terence. I really appreciate your time. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Last New Wave. As mentioned, head over to umbrellaentertainment.com.au to watch and stream Project Eden Volume 1, and you can also purchase the DVD or Blu-ray there as well. Uh, Really great support Australian genre films. We want more of them, and and this is one of the ways that you can support it. 
uh, it's really important that you do that because we enjoy these kinds of films and, and you know it's there is an audience for them so that's you know that's something that we need to support if you enjoy what I do with this podcast which is The Last Wave where I interview and talk about uh, Australian cinema then make sure to head over to followingfilms.com where there's a bunch of different other podcasts as well that are on there uh, Pop Culture Case Study War Machine vs. Warhorse, and also Following Films podcast where the host Chris Maynard interviews directors, writers, actors, producers uh, various different film based people um and you know discusses their films on that uh it's really really great show and i highly recommend heading across and you know giving them a listen uh also you can head over to abfilmreview.com listen to previous episodes of the last new wave as well as episodes of our main show which is ab film review where myself and my wife bernadette discuss the latest releases uh follow us on social media ab film review on both facebook and on twitter and also, if you want to go that extra step, you can also support us on Patreon, which is patreon.com forward slash abfilmreview, uh, where, you know, even as little as a dollar a week will just help us out. Uh, sorry, a dollar a month, um, although you can do a dollar a week if you're really, really generous, uh, will just help us out and cover the costs of hosting this podcast. Anyway, that's enough from me. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you all in the next episode of The Last New Wave. Keep watching Australian cinema.